0: Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. It occurred to me that I've been a guest on some amazing podcasts lately that I haven't shared with you guys, so I wanted to shout out some shows that you should check out. Plus, I always think I'm much more entertaining and provide more value on other shows than my own. I think it's because of the great questions the hosts ask. Anyways, to hear how to market your music so that you can attract fans, listen to the Dare to be Seen podcast. The importance of knowing your why before marketing what you do is the focus of the All Things Focal podcast. On the Profitable Musicians podcast, I talked about the importance of sharing your unique story to genuinely connect with audiences. I talk about personal branding and goal setting on the Art Talk podcast and social media marketing on the Out to Be podcast. I was also a guest on the Actor CEO podcast with today's guest, Mike Moreno where we talked about publicity and branding for actors. You can check out all of these episodes and more at dianefoy.com slash media. Today's guest, Mike Moreno, runs the Actor CEO Podcast and actorceo.com, connecting thousands of actors worldwide to industry pros, tools, and resources that help them treat their career like a business, filling the gap between training and building a sustainable creative life. Backstage and Casting Networks have both rated the podcast as a top podcast for actors. Mike contributes articles to Backstage, Onstage Blog, and Stage Milk, and also teaches industry, business, and marketing classes in drama schools around the country, and coaches creative professionals online. Now is the golden era for creatives, and Mike is helping to ensure actors lead the way. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: So your your, uh, podcast, Actor CEO, how many episodes are you on now?
1: Oh, goodness. I think at the time of this recording, we are almost at 200, where I think 189, maybe, uh, that are actually in the can, so to speak. And then, uh, yeah, and we're about to cross that 200 mark. I'm super excited about it. It's been going for about four years now, and uh, yeah, people seem to be digging it.
0: Yeah, usually when I was even just starting my podcast, I would like Google actor podcasts. Music podcast. And yours always came up for the the acting podcast to check out. So that was really cool. And so tell me about some of your favorite guests that you've had on, because you've had some amazing guests. And what lessons did you learn from them? Any cool stories?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, there's, you know, I, I think my podcast is unique in the sense that I don't just talk to actors. Um, I'm not really a talk show. So uh, a, a lot of people would like to come on the show and say, "Hey, you know, I'd I'd love to share my insight from my experience from the acting career and all that." And it's very exciting. A lot of people have some great experience, uh, but I try to extend beyond just the actors to the, you know, decision makers, uh, casting directors, filmmakers, producers, um, many of whom might be actors in their own right, right? Writers, directors. Um, All sorts of people who are in the industry who see it from many different angles. And I think that perspective is incredibly helpful. So, you know, having John Badham uh, on the show as an example, who's a great director, uh, you know, Saturday Night Fever is one of his big films, broke John Travolta out into the mainstream, so to speak, started his career. Um, He's been doing so much for a long time. He's written a couple books. Um, He was on talking about uh, the latest update to one of his books. But his wealth of experience on set working with actors was incredible to tap into. Um, And, you know, one of the things that stuck with me from having a conversation with him was he he teaches directors right now um, at, at the university that he works at. And a lot of young directors, he says, they just they can tell you everything from the you know the sun to the moon about camera lenses and and the equipment and the lighting and all that sort of stuff. But gosh, they can't tell you the first thing about actors. They just don't <laughs> know how they work for the most part. And he says, you know, even even those who get a little bit more experienced in the filmmaking business, let's say, um, talking to actors about in a way that makes sense to actors in order to move things forward um, is one of the more challenging things for them. And he says, so it's important that actors understand that as well, right? That they know that everyone there, of course, is there to do the same job. We're all there to tell the story in the best way possible. And we all bring different tools to the table. But when you get a, dir- a direction from a director and it doesn't make any sense maybe, or, or they're, they're, they're speaking in a way that maybe you think is too pedestrian or or telling you how to do it. Perhaps it has nothing to do with you really actually as the actor, which is quite a relief. I think, Um, especially under those pressured circumstances being on set where time is money, they are just running up against challenges sometimes, uh, on how to communicate best with you and the skill set that you have and how you translate the information in the story and on the script through your instrument to be able to do it best. And I think that that's a big relief actually, hearing that as an actor, hearing other actors, hearing that going, okay, it doesn't really matter what level of production I'm on. I know that this director has so many other things going on and so many other things in their brain that they're trying to process. I am a part of that. And the communication that we have or the communication we could have um, should facilitate that part of the storytelling, what I can do, but it may they may not know how to go about it. And it's okay for me to, this is another thing that he says, it's okay to ask questions, right? Step up and ask a question, get some clarity on something, right? Um, there's not time for rehearsal usually but if you'd like to get some clarity on how the shot's gonna look if you'd like to get some clarity on maybe a moment or whatever there's no reason why you can't ask these questions and open that dialogue Um, but i do think it's important then to for the actor to then hear you're not maybe gonna get necessarily the answers that you would in an acting class (laughs) let's be clear about that so coming prepared and having done enough homework to translate what the director is saying to make it work for you and give it a shot, it's just a take, right? Give it a shot. Then um, I think is the best way forward. And that was, that was super helpful.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of like one of my favorite books is the four agreements. Mm. Um, And one of them is like one, don't think, don't take things personally, but my favorite is have the courage to ask questions instead of assuming because the assuming is kind of, the core of every misunderstanding that's ever been. So it's really a good reminder to ask questions. Don't assume.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I've had a lot of wonderful guests on the show, you know, not to not to put the other uh, to, to say this on the other side of the table, I guess I, I've had Wendy Braun on the show. She's currently on Atypical on Netflix and has done a number of projects, I think almost 100 at this point. Uh, But she a great actor and she speaks about, you know, this whole process that we go through in self tapes and auditions. In fact, Um, we're very familiar with when going into auditions, being um, prepared enough to do something in one or two takes. And in fact, she says, when you're hired. You are, the expectation is you're bringing your game at a high enough level that you are there to deliver what is being asked of you in one take. Usually it does not happen that way, right? But that is in some ways the expectation and that is the level of your game that you're bringing, right? That you should be bringing. You should be prepared enough to nail this in one take. Certainly if you've got Under five lines, certainly if you've just got one scene or whatever, that's the goal, right? It should be clear enough. You should have all the answers and you should have done enough preparation to be able to do that in one take. Then, if there's an opportunity to ask questions, if there's some flexibility, if there's some adjustments being made, if maybe something's happening that's um, unexpected. Fine. Great. Open up that dialogue. Like John says, ask those questions, get some clarity. So again, what? We can do it in the next take, right? So that there's not these assumptions or or lack of understanding. But when, the way Wendy focuses this point is that actors who are doing so many self-tapes these days, and most of that, I, I assure you, is not going away. There's That opportunity is going to be here in a strong way for a very long time, which is fantastic for creators. But you should have that same preparation when doing the self-tapes, right? Because yeah. it's just a good muscle to build. Uh, it's a good muscle to build so that you're ready on set. It's a good muscle to build so that if you're going to in-person auditions, you're only going to get one take. You might yeah. get some adjustments, but that's it, right? Your self-tape is really no different. Build that same preparation muscle, that same, that same skill set so that you're not shooting 10 takes of your audition, right? You're, you're doing it so that you're ready to go in one or two takes and great. You got it. You made your choices. You feel strong about it. Send it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's really great advice. So what inspired you to start the podcast and are you still acting yourself?
1: Yeah, so the podcast has become a major focus for me, right? Um, It's growing at an exponential rate, which is really exciting. And what's really cool is that It has offered me opportunities that I never really even dreamed of. I mean, I'm writing for Backstage now. I write for Stage Milk as well. Um, There's going to be something really awesome happening in New York City at the end of the summer in 2021, whoever's listening to this, which is also super exciting. Things that I just couldn't do in the past, even as an actor and a producer and things like that that I was already doing, content creator. But uh, about four, uh, well, five years ago, I guess at this point, I started the podcast right around the time that uh, I had my son. So now my time was no longer my own. Um, And I couldn't say yes to some of the gigs that I was taking before. I couldn't do a $400 theater gig. You know, I couldn't go out of town for two weeks uh, on a shoot or something, depending on, you know, the size of the project and the production. So um, I had to balance my time in a different way, which gave me this amount of time to start devoting to a project like this. And what was unique, you know, I always give my wife credit for this. She had poked my brain for a while saying you should start a podcast. I was like, what should I, what in the world would I talk about, right? Who would care? But the, the value of particular conversations that I had in grad school, I thought were so useful to me as a professional performer that maybe it's those conversations that are actually the ones that actors should be having and could get a lot of value out of. Um, I often say that, you know, 50% of my training in grad school was at the bar because I was in a program that could bring in professionals from around the country and around the world. And I would sit down with them and pick their brains. I wanted to talk to people who were 5, 10, 15 steps ahead of me and learn what was happening on the ground, right? What do I need to know? And the common core of those conversations was that you had to treat it like a business. That's what was going to sustain you over the long run. Whereas when you're in school, sometimes you think, oh, the agent holds all the cards, right? You know, there are gatekeepers in this industry that I have to somehow either get lucky enough or maybe there's a big break at some point that allows me to be valuable enough, right, to this industry that I can start making my own decisions and feel like I have some control. And the reality is you are that from the beginning. You are that from the beginning. And that is something that I have truly learned Over the course of 180, almost 200 um, episodes here at this point from these industry pros that I've been talking to, that is true from the get-go. And it's true now more than ever in terms of streaming and all this content and social media and the access that we have to audiences and telling such a diverse um, level of stories. It's exceptional. And so the gatekeepers aren't there anymore holding creators back. And now actors get to empower themselves And probably one of the strongest ways than more strong than they've ever had before and really step into their own and, and start to build something right from the beginning that they have total control over.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that so many artists, actors, they're reluctant or they feel like, is it that they don't think they need to? What about those? I'm thinking of those actors that just I just want to create those are, I just want to create. I don't want to deal with the business. Listen, I, don't want, I don't want to do social media. I Explain it. that to me. <laughs> I, I,
1: yeah, I know. Uh, to relate it to exactly what you focus on. Um, and there's so many parts of that that actors will then pin up on the wall of of their excuses, essentially, as like, oh, well, this is not this is not the craft. So I don't want to have to deal with that when, in fact, it it, it is it is the business. And it's it what allows you, allows you to you do to the do craft. The thing. Yes, yeah. which was, allows you to do the thing that you really want to do. So um, I don't think and I, listen, I, I connect with that because I felt that way. Right. I felt that way at times, certainly coming out of you know, a, a conservatory type program, certainly coming out of training where you are, have done nothing but focus on the craft so much. And that takes such precedent and priority as it should at that time. I'm not knocking any training institutions. You should get training. You should have yeah. this high level of skill, but you should never forget that you are stepping into show business right? Show business. It is a business. And every other person you encounter that you bring your craft to is a business in their own right. The producer is in business for themselves. So is the director. So is the company making and distributing the film. So are the casting directors. What are we confused about here? Everybody else is a business. Everybody else has ends that they need to meet right? Everybody else has a budget and hopefully goals where this business grows, right? And yes, they all have a skill set and craft, as do you, but they are a business and they are working with other businesses. And the moment you start to see it that way, I believe you actually relieve a lot of pressure off of yourself, right? Because now there are many things that you don't need to take personally. You now have a much longer timeline in front of you, you can see it from 30,000 feet up and go, oh, there are so many other players. There's so many other opportunities. There's so many other angles. There's many chances to build professional relationships over the long term. And that those things pay off in really big ways. We hear those stories all the time. Those relationships pay off. And all of that does take time. You don't have to break out and have a career in the next you know two to five years. And if you don't, you've failed. That's that's not a business plan. (laughs) Most businesses, right, are looking at it from the long term. So I think that you you, when you start to think about it that way, you not only alleviate some of that pressure that that oftentimes as an artist, you can you can put on yourself um, to have success, mostly because you're basing that those ideas on other people's opinions um, who don't really know how this business works. And then secondly, you can also take some of the tools and lessons and groundwork that so many businesses and startups have done before you and learn from that and apply it directly to your business where it applies. Actors are already very familiar with this, right? There are skills and techniques and practices and and tools that you might use, that one actor might use to memorize a script. As opposed to how another actor might memorize a script, just as an example. Okay, well, that's what works for them. Who cares what works for them? Do what works for you, right? But if you can hear all these different tools, here's 16 different ways on how to memorize a script. Okay, well, I'm going to try five or 10 of them. And then next thing I know, I've got two that really do work for me and someone else has a, a handful that work for them. Fantastic. But this list of tools is available to you, right? This information is out there. My podcast is one of those resources that is providing the information so you can hear it and go, ah, I'm going to try that. I'm going to use that and see if that works for my business. Someone has already done it. And now if it applies, great, keep it, move forward. If it doesn't, put it aside, find something else and move forward. Again, there's no ego or personality attached to this you are building a business and that is your primary function over the long term is to grow that
0: yeah and it's just being aware and doing research like i think my superpower is resourcefulness <laughs> mm. and it's being resourceful because you could say oh i don't have money to go to business school or whatever or hire a coach to further my career but there are tons of podcasts There's tons of free resources. Oh, yeah. There's tons of stuff online and you just put in the time to learn it and listen to it. And the podcasts are great because it's like you're getting to eavesdrop on a really cool conversation.
1: Oh, 100 (laughs) percent. And things like Clubhouse and other places, you know, IG Live. I do an IG Live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the Actor CEO channel. There's so many resources out there and especially at, you know, In the pandemic times and and probably in the post-pandemic times as well, um, experts have made themselves available. Industry pros have made themselves available at a scale unlike any other time in our business. You should be taking advantage of that. Uh, There's a story I have. of a a guy who's actually about to be on the on the show, an actor by the name of Mike Dolphy. He's done a number of commercials. That's sort of where he started off. And um, he's recently been on um, some shows on Netflix as well, some sitcoms there. And he was telling this story the other day in a room in Clubhouse saying that, uh, you know, when he was focusing on commercials, when he decided that that was going to be his thing, he stepped out and did everything he could to find as much information on it. To the extent, let me be clear, that he went out and found that there was a uh, a, a video series uh, uh, from some commercial actor who had done this great series, but it was only available on VHS. He found the VHS tape on eBay, went and got a uh, VHS player, which of course he did not have, to watch this video. Why? So that he could extract like we said before, the two or three pieces of information out of this entire set series or whatever that worked for him, that were useful. And he did find some useful information in that. And now he has this great core fundamental info that he can use to build that part of his business. And it became a very successful part of his business, right? Some commercials can make you quite a lot of money if they run for a while and then are done under the right circumstances. So that's great. That allows your business an enormous cushion right? To take these other risks, to go out and work on other things that may not pan out as quickly, right? But to but do, in fact, build your skill set and build your craft and build your business and build relationships. So, But he could do that because he went and found that information. He got all these books. He read them, right? He took classes and he found some VHS tape somewhere that was actually incredibly helpful, but that's because he decided to do the research and committed to it.
0: That's totally what I would do. Right. <laughs> I'm that person that will find that video. <laughs> but that's and, amazing, and that's often time that if stuff someone says like, "Oh, I don't know, I can't find this." Sometimes I'm like, "There you go." Yeah. But the more you do it, the more it doesn't take as much time. You Absolutely. know, it might take someone else hours, and you're just like, because that's what I do all the time is, is mm. research, and it's there's so many great opportunities out there, and. um else so how did you grow your podcast audience how did do you have any tips for that of how did you kind of build your audience yeah
1: absolutely so first of all having a focused message is very important right uh and this is true of actors too right you know your type is your focused message, right? This is the thing. This is the message that I put out there. This is what people can resonate. This is what I authentically bring. And so having the business message was useful because not everybody was having that conversation. So now I had something unique that I could shine a light on and and people who were interested in it could come over and go, oh, this is something I'm interested in. This is something I'm going to stick around for. People who did not want to seek that information out knew exactly what it was about and could go somewhere else. There was no juggling. There was no, you know, um, confusion about what Mike Moreno was doing with the Actors CEO (laughs) podcast. Uh, So then growing that was just a matter of getting that in front of the people who thought it was useful and interesting. And I'm still doing that, right? I have found over the over time that there are people in other countries that think that that is useful, right? the Canada is certainly uh, the second biggest country that listens to the show. And then it's the UK, and then it's Australia, and then it's India as well, right? So there's a lot of people in those markets that end up focusing on the business side, understanding that is a place where they don't have information. And the information that we provide is actually pretty useful to uh, across the world, actually, um, in many ways. So finding out, okay, so where's the conversation being had that is similar to mine, right? Like you said, doing that research. How can I then bring up my conversation as well? Not not at all in, in inserting myself in someone else's conversation, but supporting what they do. So finding folks who are having those conversations on social media, supporting what they do through the channel that I have that already has that conversation. And then if there is a moment, if there is an opportunity in a group, in a chat, in a in a thread, um, on a feed, in a comment, to also recognize what I do and what I've brought to the conversation or point out something that was said on my show that actually reflects... Back what they are uh, saying here in their conversation, then I can do that, right? And I do it sparingly, and I do it professionally, and I respect everyone's time and space. But there's no reason why I can't stay up, stand up, and say, "Yes, I'm also having this conversation, or we're talking about this on another level, or we've got a different angle on this." And this is a, if you're interested in this conversation here, I think you're going to like what's going on over here, and that can be done across many different channels, right? Whether it's again in Clubhouse, whether it's again on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, wherever it might be. And then of course, reinforce that with the content that you put out, right? The podcast is the main source of content that I put out. Anybody can listen to that anywhere uh, through whatever podcast player you might have access to. But then I know that people are not always going to have uh, 20, 30 minutes to sit down and listen to something and digest it in that way. So I can take the highlights of the conversation and put them out in smaller bits of content through social media, through a variety of ways, through just written quotes, right? Through um, through video, through audio. And then of course, I can also, if there are conversations and topics that resonate, I can then write content about that. Well, now that can go out via email, that can stand alone as its own blog post. And then eventually, I've also been knocking on these doors of these other publications who only write uh, like backstage and say, I can write this information too. I can come at it from this angle. So now I'm taking the information that I'm learning from the podcast and I'm repurposing that in different ways to build up a larger audience who is aware that this conversation is even being had that there are valuable bits to it and that Mike Moreno is a place where they can go if they want to find out more. So that's yeah. how I've been doing it.
0: I think that also relates to, it made me think of, um, there's a lot of actors and artists and they're like, oh, I just need to get on that casting director's you know, radar. I need to just, I, all these people need to do things for me. <laughs> and I think it's really You need to turn that around and go, what can you do for them? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how you could build relationships is nobody, every, I'm sure casting directors and agents, they get so many messages of like people pitching themselves, but maybe you could come at it from another direction and just kind of start conversations without the pitch and figure out how can I help this person? How can I be a resource for this person?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and and now again in this space where there's so much content going on in the world, be it written, audio, video, all sorts of different media, there's more opportunity than ever for you to share the expertise that you have as an artist, as a creator, as an entrepreneur, as uh, whatever in whatever other things that you might be doing as someone who has overcome maybe certain challenges as someone who has many different stories to tell a diverse actor from a diverse background in a unique market in a small niche, like what whatever this conversation is, there's many different stories that make up who you are, not only as an actor, but who you are as an artist. If you can tap into those stories and find places where you can tell those stories without even necessarily speaking as an actor, you now open up opportunities to boost your visibility and create content that you can then go back and share with the people you're looking to build relationships with. There are not many casting directors that would maybe get a uh, email from an actor who says, check out my article in Entrepreneur Magazine or something, right? Yeah, Like that's that's unique. Or, or maybe there's some uh, industry trade magazine that is a little bit more you know tied into the entertainment industry, for, for instance, that you happen to write an article in or you happen to contribute content to that is not specifically about you as an actor. But now that gives you an opportunity to speak as a professional in the entertainment industry to other professionals just from a different angle. Not everybody wants to hear that you're an actor all the time. But it can be useful to you to, to open up other conversations and, again, reinforce this idea that you are an actor, but you're also an entertainment professional. You are a professional in this industry that everybody else that you want to build relationships with is involved in as well.
0: Yeah, and everyone has different interests and life stories and everything to draw on. And I think that's another thing I see performers doing often is like, well, I have Instagram for my acting career but then I might have like a private Instagram for my friends and that's you know and then their acting one is just acting 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 and I'm always like combine them let us into your world Mm. let people into your world share more like maybe every five or six posts is you as an actor there you go Tell me what else you got going on. And and that's what draws people in is your stories, your experiences, your unique take on things Mm. and behind the scenes, behind the scenes of your acting career. and what what happened when you were on set? That's the stuff that kind of draws people in.
1: Absolutely. And that is a place, um, a playground, if you will, or rather a test bed where you can test all of these different stories that you bring and see what does in fact resonate uh you know maybe you are you know comedically gifted in some ways and or just have a funny take on certain things and and either do i mean there's all sorts of versions of this whether it's voices or faces or just um commentary or or creating content of some way tiktok is obviously a great example of a place where that truly excels um you might find then people like your Take on these types of things. That has nothing to do with you as an actor, right? You're not out there on your Instagram. Here, we'll wait one second while my camera t- turns back on. <laughs> you're not out there constantly promoting yourself as an actor. You're you're bringing another side of who you are as a human being, right? Or maybe it's a. a I don't know, more uh, more down to earth than that, a little bit more grounded. Maybe there are things that you care about, um, causes or something like that that you're drawing attention to. And maybe people dig that conversation. Um, for instance, Onstage Blog is a great example of a place that has, uh, first of all, s- spoken about many things, certainly in the theater world, but in, in the acting and, and a professional uh, performance world at large, but has recently really found a strong, Strong resonance in talking about equality and equity uh, when it comes to the world of theater and, um, and, and diversity and, uh, you know, standing up for, for what are truly the, the right morals, really, of theater and where we go in the future and, and making sure that people um, pay attention to the messages and the voices that are necessary that have built this over the long term and will build it in the future that has become a strong message for that platform and for chris who who writes those blogs so that's great well now he knows that of course it's something that he's passionate about but he found that there was an audience out there that was absolutely passionate about it as well and now that's where the stories are going those are the stories that are being told that's the conversation that's being had and there's a lot of opportunity there to do that on social media and find out that like oh there are other sides of me there are other sides of my Um, my experience, my job, my craft, my creativity that I can explore through these many different channels and actually create other stories and other opportunities to have conversations that do support me as an artist, but don't necessarily first and foremost feature me as an artist. And that is a very savvy way to think about diversifying your, your business capability in the relationships and conversation, and more importantly, the attention that you can hold of
0: people. Yeah. And it really just shows your, it shows your personality and it shows you, <clears throat> shows what you stand for. Like you can't be afraid of, you know, offending some people and, and you don't want to be the, the every guy, right? Yeah, you might, you know, um, some people might be turned off by whatever stand you take, but the people that get you will get you. And mm-hmm. that's, what you want is to attract people that are really going to appreciate what unique things that you offer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, the gatekeepers are not there, right? So you start to, no one's saying like, okay, well, you can't, can't do this. And then, uh, how should I say these 10,000 followers that you have now? Well, they don't count, right? Cause like, What do you mean if I'm out there authentically and I haven't like bought these followers or whatever, but I'm authentically sharing a message and sharing who I am and talking about these stories and gaining these people's attention and they care about what I do. They do matter. They do count. They will follow me wherever I go now. And that project may be with you. It may be with somebody else. It might be, you know, whatever I choose to draw the attention to, that becomes powerful, that becomes a business asset, that becomes something that weren't you already looking for that as an actor already, right? Weren't you already looking to build something that drew the attention of people who cared about what it was that you did? Yeah, you probably were. And now you can do that without waiting for anybody else's permission. And once you start doing that, it becomes a very strong... Uh, thing that you can take with you, uh, it becomes a building block in your business, and other people recognize that, and they recognize um, how valuable that is uh, to them as well. And so they can start, you know, take really paying attention to that, and I think it becomes a stronger asset for you as a business moving forward.
0: Wonderful. Um, and one more thing is something that you was in your bio is why are we in the golden age for creatives and how actors can take advantage of it?
1: Well, you know, I I think we're sort of at this point where I would almost say it's like a second Renaissance where the creativity has exploded. Um, and it's always it's always been there but now we just have so many more ways of experiencing it and like we were talking about a little bit earlier the number of voices that can be heard the amount of people you can reach the number of eyeballs you can get get in front of the amount of stories that can be told in whatever form and whatever medium in so many unique ways and so few people standing but saying yes or no to that, being the gatekeepers, more importantly, giving the permission, saying what is valuable and what is not. Uh, those people are gone. And now that, that, that means that we're just like ev- everywhere. I mean that means that Leonardo da Vinci, right, who had to ha- you know do work for uh, the Medicis because they were the people who actually paid. <laughs> Right. For any of this to get done, he had to do work for uh, the churches because they were the only people who paid to get any of this work done. So that's why he did what he did. But he also did other things that he liked to do. If he was around, he could have all sorts of access to all sorts of different channels right now. Right. And so do you. You have more access than ever before. Actors 10, 15 years ago would have killed to have the type of tools and resources we have. We talked about learning before and research and how you can mine these these tools and and channels for that for sure you can push your business forward so much faster because of the access that you have to experts and all of this information but you can also turn that phone around or whatever medium you're using turn that around and broadcast right get your story out there boost your business that way and that has never existed at this level and artists specifically creators specifically can take advantage of that unlike any other time. So you know, I had someone on my show recently who uh, shot a film. And uh, so their film um, was based around uh, music performance as well. It was one of the chief storytelling modes that they had going on in there. So now the film has an album and is also going, uh, has a book uh, being released alongside of it. You couldn't do that 20 years ago you couldn't do, you would have you would have had to have some major production house behind you some major studio behind you and be signed to a three picture deal in order to do something like that the likelihood of you being able to bring that type of brand experience storytelling capacity to market was not available to most people now it is available to everyone it does not mean that everything is good but yeah. <laughs> if, if what you are doing is good, if you practice your craft, if you improve upon it, right, just getting out there doesn't mean that it's good just because people are, you know, uh, you can reach people doesn't mean that they want to watch it, but you can improve upon it. And if you can, then boom, then now you have everything at your at your fingertips. You have the capacity to take everything that you want to the next level, to wherever you want to go, and everything is available to you through these different storytelling mediums. And I think that that's, how can that not be the golden age? I mean, that's that's fantastic. We've never had that capacity and we should absolutely be um, respectful of it, but take advantage of it, I think.
0: Yeah, there's just so many opportunities that people are not taking advantage of. So you're, if you're a creator, start creating your own projects, get with other creators, and uh, that will help everyone.
1: Yeah, cool. absolutely.
0: So what is your why? Why do you do what you do? Oh,
1: that's a great question, Diane. Um, you know, I think I realized through doing this show, first, it was about information, right? First, I, I felt like there was a knowledge gap. And I still feel that for many actors coming out of training, I think many actors come to the show and the platform, you know, because we've got the website, actorceo.com. It's got a bunch of tools and resources on it. And of course, all the social media channels and the email list um, they come there for information that they weren't getting in school and, or they felt like I did, which was, okay, I'm two or three years out of school. I've been doing what I was, what I thought I was supposed to be doing, what I was told I was supposed to be doing, but I don't feel like I'm getting where I want to be going. I feel like I'm missing some information. I feel like I have a knowledge gap. And so they come for that information. That's what the the podcast was really built to do was to be a conduit of that information. Right. I often say I'm like I'm not a guru here. I don't, I haven't done all this stuff that all for all these 190 guests or somehow that I bring on the show. I haven't right. done everything that they've done, right? But I am a conduit of information. I've been able to realize the power of the media that we have now and be able to transfer that information from these folks who maybe. Other people would not have bought their book. They would not have been able to go hear them speak, right? They would not have been able to get to the college campus where these folks are doing their lecture or whatever, right? They just wouldn't be. You couldn't do that. you know. 10, they wouldn't get on years. the
0: phone with you for an hour.
1: They wouldn't get on the phone with you for an hour. <laughs> but they or, will on a podcast. Or you don't have $1,500 to pay for three weeks of their classes, right? Yeah. But now you have access through this these mediums to their information, right? And or certainly to valuable bits of it for sure that's useful. And so that's what the podcast became was a, was a conduit of information. And I felt like that was the why it was, we don't have this information. There's a knowledge gap. Let me fill that gap. Now I've realized it is far more about empowerment. It is about empowering actors and creators at large, because this applies to filmmakers, writers, right? Creators of all stripes, musicians, artists, right? Creators at large, have more power and are in control of their creative life more than ever before, as we talked about a moment ago. That's extraordinary. And I think that many people coming out of training or schooling of any kind, if you're an artist, you've probably chosen at some point to go to some sort of training or schooling to master your craft before coming into the real world and the business. That system hasn't necessarily given you the tools or the perspective to realize how in control you actually are, to realize how much of a business you actually are, to empower you to come into this uh, sustainable creative life, as I like to point it out, and realize that you are the one setting all the, the setting the vision and setting the standards and setting where this goes. You are the decision maker. You, as we say on the show, are the CEO from the moment you step out. You can bring people on board, right? You can bring on a sales team, an agent. You can bring on um, you know, a manager, right? You can bring on uh, people to take your headshots, right? A marketing person, right? Like yourself, somebody to focus on. PR and other types of things that help your business, but you are the decision maker. You are in control of how these people help your business. You are in control of where it goes and you can decide I'm going down this path, but I don't want to do that anymore. Now we're taking a right and we're moving in this direction. We're growing this or we're going to do this thing for a little while, build up resources and then make a big leap over here. There's no one to tell you you can't and there's no, there's no industry right or wrong anymore. There is no one single path to success. So there's no reason why you shouldn't. But you are the person who makes those decisions. And I feel, felt like uh, that is a strong, much stronger message than what actors often leave training with, which is that now I have to go get someone else who then tells me what to do. I have yeah. to go get someone else's permission to take the next step. I have to go get someone else to see me as valuable as an artist before I can build a business. Yeah. That is not true.
0: I love that. It also is why I love coaching over consulting. Because, mm. you know, consultants and managers, they kind of tell you what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And sometimes it's, it's what every other artist's done to succeed. Whereas a coach, it's, it is about empowering. It's about, no, you're in control. Let's figure out what path is right for you. That's, uh, right. that's what I love about that. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and giving us all this great information. And uh, I will leave links to the the Actor CEO podcast and website and any other places you want to send them with your socials.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's (laughs) at Actor CEO across the board, Twitter, Clubhouse now, um, Instagram and Facebook. Absolutely.
0: Wonderful. Well, Thank you so much. Thank you. That was such a great chat. So much great information. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and share it with your fellow artists. I will give you a shout out on the show and read the review on a future episode. For links and a transcript, visit singdanceactthrive.com slash 072. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers.